Hello, and welcome to Monster Dear Monster, a podcast where we examine, well, monsters. I'm joined today by my co-host, Dave. How's it going? And uh, my other co-host, Cameron. Hello from the other side. (laughs) Uh, it just came uh, to my head. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm Leonard, the Mm -hmm. newest co-host of Monster Dear Monster. So, hello everyone. Welcome aboard, Leonard. (laughs) Yeah, good to have you on. (laughs) Uh, so... Um, yeah, so, some of you may be wondering, have we killed Matt, stuffed his body in a coffin, and buried him out under the under the light of the moon on the old moor? No, we haven't. He's away for Easter. Uh, which is why we've taken this wonderful opportunity to introduce Leonard into our... I was gonna say warm embrace, but that's not quite right. Uh, cold like embrace. Three pe- yeah, cold embrace. <laughs> cold, Clammy. Just an embrace of the internet. Yeah. Clammy. <laughs> Our um, skeletal grasp. Yeah. The skeletal grasp. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's another podcast. The podcast oh, that we yeah. don't speak about. Uh, mm, the one that <laughs> must not be named. That's right. We've all been there. The share zone. <laughs> Let, yeah. Less it, less it, cons- <laughs> less it consume our own <laughs> podcast. Oh, I'm, I'm just waiting for Jeremy to pop up in the clean feed. <laughs> he doesn't have the link but <laughs> oh he'll find a way it's uh, possible I, I don't want to call jeremy out but i saw the most beautiful image of um a crawfish boil on the internet a couple couple of days ago i was like god i wish i was visiting jeremy at some point in the future <laughs> look at all that they do Louisiana cook, they do anyway. cook some good food <laughs> oh he cooks some good food that man uh, <laughs> but yeah leonard's here He's here to stay, hopefully. We don't yes. drive him off. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, it's going to just be another normal episode. We're not here to put him in, on the spotlight. We're not here to single him out. He's just part of the family, and we're going to celebrate him. <laughs> Leonard, welcome. Ah, uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, all right. Now, do your job. Continue the show. Yes, yes. Uh, well... <laughs> I believe we normally do the Yokai of the Week. This is 99 Dexterity, and you're listening to Yokai of the Week. Dave, uh, are you ready to roll the dice for the Yokai of the Week? I'm ready. Oh, um, I guess Matt's not here, so Leonard, you you tell him to roll him. I'm too nervous. Okay, Uh, roll him. Two. Oh, All right. Easy. That's a John. Zombie. Zombie. Uh, Zombie is a soul in the form of a ball of fire, named for the sound it makes. Really, really. That's John the. John. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, let's see. They're an atmospheric ghost light. From legends in places in the Nara prefecture, they're a type of onibi, which I guess is like a Japanese will of the wisp, 
yeah. equivalent thing. Yeah. Demon, demon fire. Demon, demon fire. So, yeah, I guess they make the noise John John. That's, yeah, that's what it, it's like an onomatopoeia. John John B. Ah, yeah. John John. And they also Why put the, um, yeah, they put the, it's in hiragana and katakana. So, yeah. John John B. <laughs> well, who would like to, uh, my brain just stopped functioning. I'm so sorry. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so their name comes from the Junjun sound they make. Uh, also yeah. in Nara, there are different legends depending on the area and different alternate names depending on the area. That that's a great sentence. Um, in the in the Miyazaki prefecture, they're called Musabi, and the Kochi prefecture, they are also called Kechibi. Um, those also have links. So. Kindly click on one of these. Um, the Kechibi is an atmospheric ghost light told in the legends of Kochi Prefecture. It is stated to be the onryo of um, humans turned into balls of fire, and it is said to be possible to beckon for it by beating a zori three times or putting saliva on the zori and calling for it. That's interesting. <laughs> um, okay. It is also said that the face of a human floats in the fire. Um. Wow, this one, this is like the deep dive. <laughs> they all, they are also said to appear above water, and from this, they are sometimes called a type of funayure. So, boat, boat spirit, water maybe. Based. Yeah. Uh, yes, boat spirit. I was correct. <laughs> um, and I guess I'll click on Onryo because uh, vengeful spirit. Might as well uh, deep dive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Ah uh, yes. So what the Onryo on on is like rage, I think. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll we'll back up back into um Jajan B. Jajan B. Um Leonard, uh yes. how about the Nara City entry? It says uh Byakugoji town. Ah, yes. Uh it indicates uh two balls of fires that appear in graveyards of the oh wow. Uh, Bakijioji? Byakugoji. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> and the Daya... Anji? Dayanji. Dayanji. In the Fufu? Fufu River? Fufu, All right. yep. <laughs> uh, the two balls of fire would meet together, intertwine themselves, and then finally return to their grave. Uh, when a person mm. sees this fire, it would come close to that person, and uh, even when those who are chased by Jean uh, Jean B flee into the middle of a pond, the fire would still follow them above the pond. Uh, there are said in legends to be a man and a woman who committed double suicide. Double suicide. They both, yes, suicide at the I know, same time. I, I know, I know, but I, I just like the terminal. I, I like the image of them somehow managing to do it twice. Uh, and since they were... Double or nothing. Since they were, they're really committed. Since they yeah. were buried in separate temples after death, they became fall, balls of fire that meet together. Um, hmm. Which yeah, this is uh, a, it's interesting. This is a good one. Which is appropriately, thematically Japanese appropriate, since that yeah, seems yeah. to be something that happens all the time. Yeah, it's definitely well, uh, in popular yeah. culture, for sure. Mm. 
see. We've got similar things in Yamakoriyama. So that indicates two Hirodama, which I guess let's see what these are. Person, spirit, spirit, person, human soul, a balls yeah. of fire that mainly float in the middle of the night. It's, it's a different name for the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would visit every year on June 7th on the bridge just above the Saho River. Just like the ones from Byakugoji town, they are also the spirits of a man and a woman. It was said there was previously a custom when it was June 7th for 20 men and women to be selected from each of the surrounding villages to dance above the bridge where they appear frequently in order to console the spirits of the Hitodama. So there's like more of a cultural one in that area where, you know, we have our yearly festival on the set date to appease the will of the wisps, more or less. Right. Yeah. It sounds kind of like Oban or something. Hmm. Uh, I, I'll read the next part. Uh, Fuchicho yeah. Tenri. Um, it indicates a ball of fire that would appear from the remains of a castle and fly westwards. It, that sounds cool. I'm imagining the yeah. whole castle like emanating <laughs> this ball. It's giant. Um, for those who encounter this, it would be necessary for them to hide under a bridge and wait for it to pass. It is also called Zanenbi, disappointment fire. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, only in Japan. <laughs> the That's flames amazing. of disappointment. This whole entry is great. There's a um, another onomatopoeia. Um, oh, it, ex- it explains oh, yeah. it a little bit more in this last section. Um, yeah, okay. Go ahead, Cameron. Sure. Yeah, so this is Yanagi Motocho and Tai no Shocho, Tenri, and Kashihara. On a summer night when rain is near, by turning towards the Toichi castle and saying, hoi hoi, it would come <laughs> flying, making the sound, jan jan, and then disappear. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> come on, ghost. Hoi hoi. <laughs> it is also called the hoi hoi bee. <laughs> Sorry, I just love that so much. Oh... Um, it's considered to be the Onryo, so the vengeful spirit of military commander Totara Toichi, who was slain by Matsunaga Danjo in the Azuchi Momoyama period. And those who see it would, by the Onryo's curse, become sick with fever for three days and nights. Okay, so that makes you sick as well. That's great. Uh, I don't know why you're calling for it in that case. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're gonna, yeah, you know, cool. blindfold yourself, and your enemy is gonna see it, and then get oh, sick. Oh yeah, true. Uh, when Totara was slain, the killed soldiers all said "Zanen, Zanen." Disappointment, disappointment. I guess that's why it's also called the Zanen B. <laughs> as a crowd of voices, which is why it was heard as Zhan Zhan. Okay, so yeah, everyone, a whole army going Zanen, Zanen, Zhan Zhan. Close enough, I guess. I think it's the uh, noise of a crowd. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then in Taino Shosho Tenri, there is a Jizo. Oh, God, what's a Jizo? Uh, it's a little stone Dibari. priest. Oh, okay, yeah, it's a Bodhisattva. Yeah. Uh, with its head separated, called the Kubikiri Jizo, the decapitated little Buddha statue. Uh, but it is said that a soldier who was being attacked by the Janjanbi in the past swung his sword around and mistakenly cut the head off of a Jizo by the, re- by the roadside. It is said that in the end, that soldier died completely burning. Oh. Uh, that took a dark note of the <laughs> I like that they saved it for last. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it will actually set you on fire, so Oh, yeah, aware. it straight up killed this one guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's really cool. I like that one a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. 
this was good and it was thematically appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all about them ghosts on Monster Day Monster. <laughs> yes, well, why why is it thematically appropriate? Because we're talking about mm-hmm. ghosts today. Uh, yeah. Specifically, funny ghosts, comedy ghosts. We're we're like, going to be talking about <laughs> question mark. We're yeah. uh, going to be talking about um, Peter Jackson's The Frighteners. Mm. Yes, this is the this is the last movie that Peter Jackson made before he went on to become super ultra famous by adapting the Lord of the Rings into yep. uh, the well known trilogy. Mm. Yep, yep. Oh man, like he's just got such a good legacy in film up until the Hobbit movies, and I feel kind of bad about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's not entirely his fault. Anyway, um, so yeah, go on. <laughs> did either of you have any uh, have any experience with this movie before I suggested it for today's show? Uh, Dave, how about you go first? Yes, uh, I watched this when it came out, and I liked it so much that I had. Um, I remember reading the um, the novelization uh, of the film, but oh, uh, this came out in 1996, so I was a young yeah. lad um, at the time, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember if the book um, expanded a whole lot on the characters. Mm. I remember it being a good read, but it was probably like 150 pages or something. I don't, you know, it wasn't uh, too extensive. Um, Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this uh, when I first watched it, and it aged well in certain ways, and then in other ways it actually, (laughs) I guess it's, you know what, um, the film itself is probably more relevant now. Um, than mm. it was when it came out. So that made it a little bit harder to watch um, just due, due to certain themes that crop up. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, I was a wee babe of two when this came out, so this was my first time <laughs> watching it. <laughs> just to make you feel oh, old, Dave, I'm sorry. Wow, <laughs> just, just... Sick burn. Just force us to drink from that wrong Last Crusade goblet. I was uh, like, look, <laughs> I was like in high school. <laughs> it's all right. Look, I've got all the same joint and muscle pains as you. I just got them like ten to fifteen years early. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this was my first time watching it, and I am ashamed of myself that I've not watched this before because I love this so much. <laughs> uh like like dave said there's a few of like the themes and scenes in it that are a lot more like i would say profoundly disturbing these days mm-hmm. so it's like it's a little it's a little harsher uh with a few years behind it but it is still a really good mostly comedy uh, yeah <laughs> mostly uh, comedy. a little bit of horror <laughs> yes <laughs> just, a li- so. just a little bit <laughs> So for uh, The Uninitiated, The Frighteners is a 1996 uh, New Zealand-American horror comedy um, Mm -hmm. starring Michael J. Fox, uh, Trini Alvarado, Peter Dobson, John Astin of of fathering Sean Austin fame, also (laughs) the original Gomez Adams from the television uh, televised Adams Family show. Mm. Um, D. Wallace Stone, uh, fantastic character actor yep. Jeffrey Combs. 
yep. uh, Ar- Arlie Emery and uh, um, Jake Busey, who you might know as one of uh, Gary Busey's teeth that became sentient. <laughs> <laughs> Old, he is he is a, a clone of old Daddy Busey. Yep. Yeah. Um. Oh man, he really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah. 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 You yeah. can't you can't mistake. He's like um uh Scott. Is it Scott Scott Eastwood? Also looks a lot yeah. like his father. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Um. So the Frighteners tells the story of uh. Frank Bannister, played by Michael J. Fox, who used to be an architect and is now kind of a weird paranormal exorcist con man. Mm. But he's (laughs) not a con man because he's faking ghosts. He's a con man because he's working with ghosts to haunt people's (laughs) houses and then extort them for money to exercise them. I just um, love that concept so much. It's such a good twist on the psychic con man. Uh. Right. It. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. It's ghosts are totally real. He's just made a deal with them that hey, I make some money and you haunt places. <laughs> although, <laughs> although it's never really established what the ghosts get out of that. The- I mean, it must I think be pretty it, boring. I think it talks about it in the um, in the novel. I don't remember oh, okay. specifically what it was, but there's a there's a difference, and that's why. Um, uh, so Arlie Ermy's character is a sort of guardian of the grave, the local graveyard, and he mm. uh, he has disdain um, for um, Frank Bannister, but also for the his you know two his entourage, I guess, of, you know, <laughs> of ghosts. He doesn't like them either. Right. Um, be, because of what they're doing, I, I think, is, yeah. is part of it. But the, I want to say that the, the the script was longer, and I know that the director's cut of the film is a good 12 minutes um, longer than the, okay. the, the general release of this. And I don't remember what um, what is cut out, but it's probably um, character development. You know, a couple yes. scenes that they that they nixed from the the end copy. Um, looking a little bit at the Wikipedia and the IMDb, this was actually intended to be um, another Tales from the Crypt spinoff, much like Bordello oh. of Blood and Demon Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. I think because of the the Peter Jackson, like he, he wrote the screenplay for this, um, it, it definitely doesn't feel like it would have fit in. Um, as, as the final product in with um, either of those two other films right um, it's its own it's a definitely a, a Peter Jackson thing <laughs> yeah uh, Peter Jackson yeah Peter Jackson's like pre Lord of the Rings style is slathered all mm. over this movie um, which is, is one of the things that I think actually uh, uh, helps it hold up um, because let's face it, there's there's uh for uh there's some CG in this movie, um, <laughs> and it did not age particularly well. Yeah, 
<laughs> but you can actually you can still see what they're going for with it. So if you're mm. willing to turn off that critical part of your brain that's like, ooh, that looks like trash. You're like, oh, those are actually really cool concepts, which is oh, yeah. is what I appreciate. And there are also plenty of practical effects still because it's 1996 and mm. they had to still use practical yeah. effects in films. Um, but to get back to the plot of the movie, um, let's see. We were at Frank. So Frank's a con man. And... Uh, we're also introduced to uh, Lucy Linsky, mm-hmm. uh, who is a uh, local physician um, who comes to treat. Oh, man. I'm blanking on on uh, Patricia. Yes, well, on... I think it's her mother that that has a a visit or a. She's scheduled no, for a no, physician's no. visit, wasn't it? Her mother? Um, maybe, but also Patricia has like cut her hand, dropping stuff in the middle of a ghost attack. Which oh yes, is what the movie opens on. Oh yes, I right. think. Yes, the yeah. movie the movie opens on a, a on a extremely dramatic ghost attack. Um, uh, it's mm. worth mentioning that uh, that uh, Danny Elfman uh, wrote and performed the score for this movie, so. Um, you're going to get a lot of Danny Elfman um, <laughs> music co- cues and stings throughout this film. So um, Patricia is attacked by a ghost uh, in her house, which uh, uh, attacks her through the walls, through the floors, mm. through the ceiling. Um, it's, uh, it's actually a really interesting scene um, because... Uh, it does the thing with ghosts that I really, really like, which is um, ghosts re- manipulating reality, uh, like mm. actual matter, in ways that are completely unrealistic. So <laughs> it looks like it looks like a, a a a figure bending and bulging out of wood and walls yeah, and carpet, yeah. and it's 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 I think it's. Um, it's definitely a more terrifying concept than like "boo, here's a ghost." Oh, it yeah. makes everything. It makes your surroundings significantly less safe. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. I just really love the visual. Of, oh, sorry, Dave. No, no. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say I really love the visual effect, especially when it's moving through the wall because it just looks like there's a dude trapped under the wallpaper, like, crawling really quickly. Like, yes. They put a lot of motion into the limbs as well, instead of just making it this gliding mass, which I thought mm-hmm. was cool. Anyway, Dave. So I think that that's one of the, the central um, bits of lore that we can glean from these ghosts, is we don't really... You don't see them um, physic- able to physically interact with people. Like, they're not mm-hmm. able to touch mm-hmm. them themselves, but they can manipulate the environment. So they're using the environment as the means of harming people, sort of. Right. We, we, yeah. <laughs> we, it does come to the point where that doesn't hold up. And so there's mm. less of a reason why they're doing that because they can 
physically hurt you. <laughs> it's I don't know. It, it, it wasn't consistent like, in what they were trying to do. It was more of a, a visual yeah. treat, I guess, or a something mm. to scare people. Yeah, uh, I think I don't know. I think maybe the no touching thing is more like an exceptions to the rule rather than just a not well followed rule. But that's yeah, who knows? <laughs> but it definitely isn't. It, it's a very clear exception <laughs> um, mm. when it comes down to them being able to harm you directly right i wish they hadn't done it i wish they had used this method um mm. but maybe that wouldn't have uh, fit in with the the weird subplot that they have going on right yeah. the weird su- the weird subplot that then becomes the main plot and yeah. Yeah. yes <laughs> um so uh so we have uh Frank and we have Lucy, and their stories haven't intersected as of yet. Um, <laughs> Frank destroys Lucy's husband's property and and uh, uh, throws business cards at him because he's yep. a shyster and yep. and kind of a dick. Um, oh, and also, uh, it's worth mentioning that there has been a rash of mysterious deaths in the town. Yep. People have just been yep. killing over for what seems to be years. Did, yeah, did they just mention a number? Contacts all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like 30 people? <laughs> yes. I be- Yeah, I think, yeah. It's, yeah, 30 people in like, oh, geez, six years, a I think? years. Five, yeah. six years, yeah. Um... So, um, uh, Frank, uh, decides that he is going to pull his little ghost stick on, uh, on Lucy, uh, on, on Ray, which is Lucy's husband and Lucy herself, uh, and causes a haunting in their house and comes and exercises it. Um, but... And it's it's a scene played for laughs. He everybody knows that he's a crook. Uh, Ray definitely knows that he's a crook. Lucy's kind of into it because she's a weird believer, even though she's a doctor. Uh, yeah. So um, that entire sequence plays out, and right before Frank leaves, he notices that on Ray's forehead there is a number. Uh, uh, carved into it. Was yep. it 37? 30, I think maybe that point. 36? 30, I don't remember. <laughs> Somewhere right around there. It, it was the mid to high 30s. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, some weird ghost stuff going on. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and that actually puts Frank off quite a bit. Uh, and we'll learn later on why. Um, so Frank leaves, uh, and returns to his, uh, air quotes house. (laughs) Do we, do we want to talk about, uh, Frank's living conditions? Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, living, living his best life here, driving drunk all over the place, running over people's fences and living in an unfinished construction site. (laughs) (laughs) With ghosts, with ghosts. With ghosts. And a ghost dog, so I guess this movie confirmed dogs can go to heaven, um, mm-hmm. and and, and also get, not to. 
<laughs> and also get left behind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're introduced to um, to Frank's ghostly trio uh, when he yeah. arrives home. Uh, oh, I'm having uh, Cyrus and Stuart. There we go, Cyrus who died in the 70s and is now forever <laughs> trapped wearing uh, a, a really terrible disco outfit. Yeah, and, yep. and Stuart, who died at some indeterminate period, but the looks 50s. like it, yes, I looks think, like a, yeah. a, a 50s nerd. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the, the judge, played by mm. uh, John Astin, who has, yep. who is... Um, personally my favorite ghost out of the three mm-hmm. uh cool. do we do we want to go into uh why the judge is an awesome ghost <laughs> might as well yeah. <laughs> so um so he's uh, uh an old west uh hanging judge and yep. he's the oldest of the three and it's pretty obvious because um he is actually rotting as a ghost. Uh, the mm. first time we meet him, his uh, skele- his his ghostly bu- bloodhound is running around Frank's house, uh, carrying his jawbone in its mouth. <laughs> uh, and this actually introduces some interesting things because it proves that ghosts can hurt uh, the ghosts because he accidentally shoots Stuart in the face. Uh, right. And nearly exercises, kills, de de ghosts him. Uh, I'm not sure what the real term for that is. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think cool. it's I um, think it's exercise because exercise. Yeah, when the ghosts, when their form is like destroyed, they just go to heaven. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> It's a it's a little confusing metaphysically. Yeah. I guess. Um, yes, yeah. and it, it, it's it's almost as if they don't know this uh, because mm-hmm. you would think that if you knew that oh hey if another ghost just kills kills me as me ghost mm-hmm. that I just get a fast track to heaven that it'd just be like ghostly battle royale all over the place <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Oh, that'd be a cool movie. <laughs> Battle Royale with ghosts. Uh, um, yeah. oh, that'd be that's an interesting idea. Like, uh, it's never fleshed out because, like, the idea is immediately after you die, you get basically usually just sucked up straight to heaven, or you can just move out of the way and not get sucked up into heaven, <laughs> and then just uh, at one stuck. point. <laughs> Yeah, at one, at one point, Frank goes into this a little and says, like, after about a year, you'll have another opportunity. But I don't know, is that, like, a yearly thing or is it just after the first year? And if you don't take it after the first year, you're stuck. I'm not sure. That's what it sounds like. And also, there's there's something else that they don't go into, at least in the movie, where, I don't know, I don't know, I don't understand why he, um, I guess we'll, we'll get into it, but there's a, mm. there's an accident with um lucy's husband uh, or i guess not yes. like an accident but um he he no. runs afoul of uh our our main baddie in the film and um frank he's like adamant that uh ray the the ghost mm-hmm. doesn't 
go back to live with his wife. Yeah. But it doesn't I, I explain mean, it, why at all. Like it just he I, totally just skim skips it. Uh I think it might be more of a psychological thing. Like it's not gonna be good for either of them because after a while he's just gonna get annoyed and start chucking stuff around and he's also gonna have to deal with the fact that he's living there and being completely ignored the entire time and you know, eventually she's gonna move on. Uh, I didn't expect it to happen quite as quickly as it does in the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. To, to, to be fair, their marriage wasn't uh, rock solid yeah, in the uh, first place. No. I mean, she she goes out of her way to say that uh, it was a bad bad marriage or had been falling <laughs> which, apart for some time. Which Ray really doesn't like. <laughs> well, he is yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that's such a good scene, you know, like, um, Lucy sitting in a restaurant with Frank for Frank to be sort of literally the medium between her and Ray. <laughs> Just, uh, I, I do have an awkward personal question to ask. Like, I need to know where he invested my money. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, and his response is, I blew it all on a bad investment. Don't yeah, tell, her. tell her. In which he immediately tells her. Yeah, which yeah. is actually a really good character moment for Frank. Like he's yeah. he he's a con artist and he's a scammer, but he realizes that even that's like a really shitty mm. thing to do, and so yeah. he can't he can't like go along with it. And also, he's like, "You're a ghost. What can you actually do?" <laughs> yeah. spill some shim or some white wine on your pants that's true yeah, uh, that's which, which lucy actually likes as opposed to the red that ray would always order mm. Mm. <laughs> um and i think this actually is a great place because uh great place for us to introduce the antagonist because mm. that's when the movie does so yeah. frank goes into the bathroom to uh uh dry off his uh pants from the wine from the wine not the date um and <laughs> and <laughs> and uh um uh has another gentleman enter the bathroom to use one of the urinals and frank notices that he also has a number carved into his head Mm. Only for some ghostly entity to uh, fly in through a window and enter one of the stalls in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> and there yeah. is uh, 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 a humorous sequence of Frank trying to determine what exactly is going on, only for him mm. to finally relax in one of the stalls and for the big reveal of uh, the Grim Reaper to face through the mirror in the bathroom, grab the man through the chest, and crush his heart. Yeah. Yeah. This has been the source of all those mysterious heart attacks. Uh, this is this is our human interaction ghost. Uh, yes. I guess. Um, oh, uh, and I actually, uh, once again, uh, I, you know, excusing the, the old bad 96 CG, it's mm. a really fantastic, like, sequence uh, 
if you just think about it visually. If you imagined it with today's special effects, it'd be a really visually interesting sequence because it doesn't just phase through the mirror. The mirror ripples like water as Mm. it basically exits out of it and kills this guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's that's one of the um, <laughs> the production issues they had be because of what the um, uh, early proofs like when they're submitting the proofs to the um, mm-hmm. to the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, the studio mm-hmm. was really excited about it, and then pushed the uh, release of the movie for like four months earlier. Yeah. So then they're rushed trying to. Yeah, they're they're rushed trying to complete the. Um, a lot of the special effects and they hired on um, so, so most of the movie is done by Weta, Weta Workshop, Weta Studios and this yeah. is before Weta Digital was a thing and they're pioneering mm-hmm. a lot of these effects um, but they hired on a, a, a specific person to come help them with the digital parts of the the Grim Reaper because they tried, they wanted to do practical effects initially and have someone like mm. uh, a puppet or someone in the water um, mm. to, to, to make like the cloak look like it's just always moving. Yeah. And um, I think that the test shots of the practical effects just weren't doing what they wanted them to do for some reason. Yeah. And so they, yeah. they kind of had to like lean on this crutch of the digital stuff uh, when it wasn't mm. really ready to be used um, in the capacity yeah. that they wanted to. So... Yeah, the, this is some of the effects. The, the mirror is fine. Um, the, mm. the Grim Reaper himself is uh, is what didn't, a a, didn't age well. <laughs> right. It's not like yeah. it's not horrible. It's just could have been better. I think had they been given those extra few months. Yeah, exactly. Because mm. I think uh, in the shots where it isn't brightly lit, it looks fine to a, yeah. to a degree. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if if we're looking at it in like full light, it it looks like someone someone's grandmama's like <laughs> like chair covering mm. came to life and is murdering yeah, people. Yeah. Definitely, um, and I mean it took it took a while for the effects to start catching up to exactly what they wanted to do. Like I think probably the most successful version of what they were aiming for would have been the Dementors in Prisoner of Azkaban, which was yeah. years and, later. And those looked fine. So, um, th- th- this, yeah. like, slightly predates, um, like, The Mummy, um, mm-hmm. but the effects aren't any uh, worse, really. Mm. Right. Like, yeah. if you go back and watch the first Mummy, it's not great <laughs> as far as no, the, the, the really effects not. are concerned. And, they, and that was, like, four years later, so... Right. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just but, not holding up as well as it no. could well, but the rest of the effects the actual ghosts themselves look fine um mm-hmm. oh, yeah. the, the, those are done with um green screen and um mm. his uh his penchant for filming actors alone um that he mm. <laughs> came to do um extensively in the hobbit uh, yeah. <laughs> uh oh um so, oh, now I'm now I'm sad again. So <laughs> let's let let's get back to less depressing things <laughs> like the Grim Reaper. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I I believe we're at this point. Uh, we're introduced to my favorite character 
in this movie. Um, uh, uh, that would be uh, Special Agent Milton Dahmers, played by <laughs> Jeffrey Combs. Yep. He yep. is chewing the scenery. <laughs> oh, <laughs> up, he up, is. Up, down, left, right, and center. He's just the he, weirdest, most cult-obsessed, strange little greasy oddball character, and I love it. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's fantastic. He's he's twitchy. He's, yeah, he's always sweating. He Yeah, greasy is a really, really good mm. way to describe him. Like, his hair is slicked, but it's also mm. slightly unkempt. He always looks wet. Um, yeah. Yes, he looks. He's a very moist individual. This FBI agent, <laughs> um, and he comes in because uh, the FBI is apparently concerned about all these people dying of heart attacks, and re- and I'm sure actually somebody just really wanted to get him out of the office. So, <laughs> uh, so they send him to investigate this uh, this case. Um, which isn't really a case per se, because it's just people mm. dying of heart attacks. It's it's yeah. weird why he shows up. Not that I mind that he shows up. Um, <laughs> and he has a, a interaction with Lucy because Lucy is now at the police station uh, because mm. uh, Frank just uh, got up and left after after the Grim Reaper killed that guy and. Yeah. Uh, they had to ask her some questions and uh and uh agent dalmers uh gives uh lucy and the audience uh frank's backstory cameron do yep. you want to go into the backstory oh so this is this is some interesting backstory so frank bannister beautiful wonderful architect the most glorious mullet you've ever seen um <laughs> God, it's so weird seeing Michael J. Fox with like that hairstyle, even if it's only for a brief flashback moment. But um, you know, he's building his dream house with his wife Deborah, and um, they they've gotten into a heated argument on the construction site because she'd set aside an area that was going to be a small, like you know, couple of meters by couple of meters garden, and he turned it into a miniature basketball court for himself. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, the, uh, the heated argument continues even onto the road, uh, as they sort of drive away cause they're obviously not living there at the time cause it's under construction and remains so several years later. Um, and as they're driving, the argument continues until, uh, Frank does his usual thing, which is he's an incredibly bad driver and I'm not sure how he ever got a license, uh, and just kind of <laughs> runs the car off the road and down a small sort of cliff uh at holloway road um car crashes uh his wife deborah is found dead you know a few yards from the car and he's found you know hours later just wandering the woods sort of raving and not having any clue at all what's happened for the last couple of hours and ever since that day he had psychic abilities oh Uh, (laughs) so um yeah his tragic backstory is he vehicularly manslaughtered his wife at least that's what it's assumed to be um (laughs) at that point uh but the interesting thing about this case is he had a toolbox and he bought a whole bunch of fresh blades for his stanley knife 
and the knife was never found. And his wife had the number 13 carved into her forehead. And, oh, he's probably did it, but we can't pin it on him because we've never found the key piece of evidence. Um, and Lucy basically completely ignores this and goes, oh, that poor guy. No, he's definitely fine and a good person. <laughs> yes. Well, well, well. to be fair, if anyone but Agent Dahmers had told her that story, maybe yeah, she would have bought it. But, like, this <laughs> gross, creepy, twitchy... God. He's just so monster. Weird. This fish man. He looks like he came out of Innsmouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what what they do um, for the blocking for his character is something that you like really don't ever see because he's Mm-mm. he's like almost out of frame in a lot of the yeah. shots. He's so twitchy <laughs> that he's like hiding behind uh, parts of the door and the wall, and just you're seeing just part of his face because he's not. He doesn't want to look at her directly. Right. Yeah. Um, he's addressing her like s- sort of sideways. Side on. Yeah. And um you're getting a lot well, of profile shots of him or he's mm. like looking in between the space between um her <laughs> and the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's just yeah. a lot of and she she when she yells at him, he <laughs> runs away and vomits like in, <laughs> yep. in a dark office <laughs> because he he can't um uh, stand women, stand yelling. women yelling at him um and it, it turns out that he's been uh undercover in a lot of like cult operations not operations uh, but uh, uh yeah um investigations st- stings and things um mm. so he as a result of that um he's basically a wreck of a, a human being um yeah yeah but yeah, it's mean... it's it's really good it's probably the, oh, yeah. the best uh scene stealer in this um aside from the the judge definitely (laughs) yeah (laughs) no he beats out the judge i gotta say it's just my my favorite scene is um as skipping forward slightly but when he's interrogating frank (laughs) it's such a good scene just really hands it up there oh man yeah good um another thing they do with the framing too with them sometimes is they pull in really really close to his face mm. so it makes you mm. really uncomfortable because he's he's just gross he's gross looking he's gross <laughs> and weird and you don't want to be that close to somebody like that you're like ah, oh, yeah. too close back up a little thanks no. <laughs> yeah a couple no, times i you. wanted it to go closer because he would turn and you think it's going to be a close-up but it wasn't and you're going if they could put a close-up right there would have been great <laughs> <laughs> um oh, man so we should actually go back to uh, Patricia and her, and her mother for a bit because uh, Patricia also has a dark secret. And yeah. that dark secret is that she was involved with a mass murder years yeah. ago. Uh, from yeah. uh, uh, She was involved with uh, Johnny, Charles Johnny Bartlett. Yeah, um, a mass murderer who was um, a mass murderer because he was obsessed with being the biggest mass murderer. Yeah, yeah. and this At, is where it gets a little more sensitive in terms of modern context. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it's it's a uh, it's it's a shooting in a hospital, and it's um. I would say, comparatively speaking, to what we 
what we get nowadays it's 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 fairly tame but i feel like the implication like it's not particularly Mm. gory but i feel like the implication makes it all the stronger and yeah more visceral um but uh patricia was uh was involved with this uh she was a teenager and johnny was like in his early 20s late teens Mm. um and uh she had been committed up until what five years ago yeah she was she was like kind of on house arrest basically yeah well she was committed for Uh, afterwards recently let out for house arrest basically with her mother yeah right uh and oh man who is who was who was patricia (laughs) uh no who was stone Oh, well, yes, uh, and but Patricia's mother is mother, a, yeah. is a fantastic old battle mm. axe. <laughs> um, Juliana McCarthy. Yeah. There we go. Um, and she she is having none of anybody in this movie. Not not mm. <laughs> not Lucy. Not Patricia. She's uh, uh not, not a ghost. <laughs> not a ghost. Yeah, ghosts. no, not a ghost. She shoots a ghost in the face with a shotgun at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> um, <laughs> which which is is great. Um, and yeah, and it's uh, it's also another very uh, Peter Jackson early Peter Jackson design decision because the first time you see her, she has this wild, unkempt like shock white hair mm-hmm. and she's holding a shotgun and you're like <laughs> oh yeah that's peter jackson all right because every <laughs> other time you see her when she's not it's not at night and she's not resting she has these um i like to call them uh dracula buns yeah yeah that's a good way to put it yeah it does uh, it, like, it is reminiscent of that or from the uh yeah. the is it the mother or the mother the old mother in like Futurama the one that runs like the oh, mom? robot factory yeah, mom. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um the 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 important aspect of the uh Johnny Bartlett situation is that uh he carved numbers into the foreheads of all of his victims and his mm. last victim during his killing spree before he was sent to the electric chair ended at 12. Yep. Yep. So there's your first real substantial clue as to what's going on. Uh, Right. Mass murdering ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, the police are really looking into Frank now because he was, uh, around when this guy just killed over and died. Um, it, so we have the deputy situation, which is the thing that really bothers me in movies like this, which mm. is Frank's a known, like, known presence in this town, has lived there for years, yeah. and the deputies, the minute the deputies uh, run across him, they pull out their guns. I'm yep. just like... Oh, that no, that's not how this works. Like, no, and it, and it's no. really, it's really weird. It's really weird too mm-hmm. because it would make sh- more sense if the sheriff was super antagonistic towards Frank. 
Yeah. But, yeah, but they're like they're like buddy buddy. Like <laughs> it's his best yeah. friend. Yeah, they're like super cool with each other, like all the time. Um yeah. and it's so bizarre that his deputies are super trigger happy. It's it almost feels like there's a scene missing where where Dammers literally just says, mm. Oh, they belong to me now. Like they do what yeah. I tell them to. Um but uh Frank uh Frank's uh tracking the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Um and tracks his, the Grim Reaper to uh the museum because he sees mm-hmm. the the god teleport light to heaven uh open <laughs> up, which is also I, I actually kinda love that he can also see that too. Yeah. Um yeah. Because um, I just imagine, like, wow, I guess that's why he kind of lives in this small town. Because if you lived in a big city, <laughs> you're just gonna oh be seeing God, it like every yeah. day. <laughs> um, you wouldn't get any sleep. There'd be no, there'd be no like dark period of the night. Yeah, right, beams of light all the time. Um, and he uh, goes to this museum that's having an ancient uh, Egyptian opening. Uh, ball festival uh get together Mm -hmm. um and we haven't mentioned uh um a a very minor secondary antagonist which is magda the Mm -hmm. uh editor for the local paper editor owner yep yeah, she's the both. Own both, yeah. Okay. Um who is just who's just a shrill woman that's uh convinced that Frank is a, a shyster and wants to expose him and I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> not totally. She's she she's 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 not wrong with intent, but wrong in execution. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, and one of her reporters has just been murdered and gets Mm. God teleported. And, uh, Frank looks up and sees that, uh, she has a number carved into her head and says, you're next, which in this, in movies like this always results in, did you hear that? He said he's going to kill me. (laughs) Um, yeah. And that's when the sheriffs come out and immediately draw their guns. Um, And then there's a wacky sequence involving the judge shooting the Grim Uh, Reaper with six shooters. Um, uh, The other ghosts manipulating Mm. a mummy. (laughs) Yes, puppeteering a mummy. Yes, there we go. Um, And uh, the end of the sequence results in the second death of the judge yeah uh when the reaped yes oh it's also (laughs) worth mentioning that uh this uh uh this movie helped establish one of uh uh uh, a a grim reaper scythe trope that Mm. i really wish had taken off which is it is a switchblade and all he has to do is (laughs) hit it hit the butt against the ground and the blade pops out yeah um it's it's one of my favorite things um and i really wish that this movie had done better so more people would steal that because i really (laughs) just like that idea 
Mm-hmm. So uh, you've got uh, one of the ghostly trio down. Uh, Frank uh, uh, kidnaps Magda to save her <laughs> um, by punching yep. her in the face and knocking her out. Uh, gets yep, in his car at, <laughs> yep, as you do when you're trying to save somebody and not look guilty at all. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, gets in his car, proceeds to drive down Holloway Road, and Cameron, what happens? Uh, believe it or not, Frank continues to be a terrible driver, loses control of his car, drives off Holloway Road, down a cliff. Uh, Magda's body is found several yards from the car. (laughs) Frank wanders the woods aimlessly, remembering much more this time, actually. (laughs) Uh, well, not exactly. Um, uh, uh, Magda gets reaped. Uh, she, her ghost yells at him because she's shrill and horrible before she ascends to heaven, proving that you can be shrill and horrible and still get into heaven. Um, and I really like that Frank turns himself in. He just shows up at the police station (laughs) and he's like, yep, I, you know what? I I'm I, ooh, I'm tired. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This was another great part by um, Dammers. He's sitting there talking to the mm. sheriff, and um, they they know that um, <laughs> yeah. Frank's like on the lamb, and Dammers, like, mm. you don't. He's so crafty. You have to <laughs> understand that this man like is so smart, and we'll never see him again. <laughs> and then behind him, it's just Frank walking into the station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to report Magda's body has been found in the back of my car. <laughs> um, yeah. And oh, and we get a really we get a scene with Lucy. Uh Frank's at his lowest point. Um Lucy's still a super true believer and yeah. he basically um uh, shanes shanes her and tells her to go away. I uh, was a crook the entire time. It was all yeah. bullshit. Um, yeah. Which leads into the interrogation between Dahmer's <laughs> and Frank, in yeah. which yeah. Dahmer's just her like just bears down on him um, to the point that Frank's just sitting at the interrogation table shaking. And yeah. Dahmer's <laughs> naturally naturally assumes that uh, that that Frank's trying to kill him, which yeah. results in him ripping his shirt open and <laughs> proclaiming, "I'm wearing a lead chest plate." It's just, it's just so. Yeah. Or well, to, to set the stage, um, Dahmer's has posited uh, that. Uh, um, mm. Frank has psychic powers and um, (laughs) he doesn't he's involved in all these killings but it's not maybe his conscious decision like there's an evil side of him that wants these people dead and is acting out and so he he's thinking that um, Frank has the power to stop people's hearts. Yeah, yeah. So he's wearing this lead, but it's like a, um, it's like a, a Roman, like, (laughs) sculpted with nipples. Yeah, it's, yeah. It has bat nipples. It was great. Yes, 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 it does. It does have bat nipples. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I just, this is the best, I had to pause the film there. 
<laughs> it was just like it's been this whole intense interrogation you know he at one point he turns around takes out his fbi identification like by the power invested me by the president of the united states and just slams it down on the table well no he, he he's using the 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 badge to like shoo the sheriff yeah. out of the room yeah but then for for some reason which has i don't know why but he puts it in front of frank like yeah he, like he's like intimidating him with the badge like sitting it on the table yeah, like look yeah. at my badge <laughs> i'm fbi <laughs> oh my god it's just it's just such a good scene because like on one hand you got michael j fox is doing like some some genuinely good like shocked trauma traumatized acting like he's sitting there shell-shocked he's shaking he's gone red like blood rushing to his head and everything and then there's just Dolma just chewing it up yelling screaming at him like going into like these long rants about this russian woman who was able to stop a frog's heart with her mind so clearly you can do the same thing on a giant scale and, and then just rips open a shirt for the lead breastplate i'm just like oh my god <laughs> it's such a good scene <laughs> oh wow um yeah. Is so I do need a refresher. Does Lucy go back to Patricia's house before she returns to Frank in uh, the jail? I think so. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, because that's that's how she gets marked. I think. Right. Okay. Yeah. So spoilers. Lucy gets marked. Yeah, spoilers. The, um. <laughs> uh. Lucy uh, travels to Patricia's house. Uh. To because Lucy's under the impression that Patricia's mother is abusing her. Uh, mm. She had uh, bruises around her neck from the ghost attack. She had yeah. cuts on her hand also from the ghost attack. Uh, her mother's a battle axe. So um, she goes to try to convince Patricia to to get out because she needs to take care of herself and and her mother can't hold her there and abuse her like that. And uh, Patricia uh, proceeds to uh, show Lucy newspaper clippings mm. uh, regarding her involvement in the murders. Yeah. And also uh, features the introduction of the urn, which Patricia mm. is particularly uh, protective of. Mm. And uh, and says it. Oh, the, these these are my father's ashes. He killed himself yeah. after after the incident because uh, because because of my involvement. Um, uh, Patricia's mother comes home and uh, she has to hide Lucy in her wardrobe. And Dave, what does Lucy find in the mother's wardrobe? She finds the knife. Oh. Dun, yep. dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so uh lucy manages to sneak out of the uh house her uh husband gets uh murdered double murdered yep. again uh which really uh, oh and also it's this is like the only like what i would consider real scare of the movie is mm. uh, after Lucy gets out of the house, uh, her husband's ghost m- murdered. Uh, she gets into the car, and his deflated ghost body lands on the hood. Yeah, 
Yeah, it comes from out of frame, so it's a it's a, mm, it's a jump it's a scare. A jump. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's it's not even really a jump scare because it's actually horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it act, yeah it actually is. Like you can tell that they just mod made like a prosthetic and just put post effects on it, but it's a really mm. just like there's something about a deflated human being that's like ew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't and it's want also that. like really tragic in a way as well because like previously Ray's ghost was in has like no Lucy you go and like then gets reaped and then she's in the car and his you know his dead ghost ectoplasmic gas body or whatever it is is thrown in the hood and she has no idea of course right she drives off yeah it's exactly. like kind of sad in that way that no one knows no one will ever actually know exactly what happened to him because uh, Frank wasn't there so no one saw right <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Lucy goes to the police station, uh, as led into Frank's cell, and is all like, hey, you know what I found in Patricia's mother's wardrobe? Yep. I found, I found the knife. Uh, you didn't murder your wife. Not that I, apparently, yeah, not that I, uh, not that I ever believed that you murdered your wife to begin with, because there's never been a moment that I've ever doubted you. Uh, which is really, really weird that 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 that's mm. never, never a plot point of of oh you really are a con artist. This is like the third act breakup. It's mm. always like I'm a complete true believer in you this entire time, Frank. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, Lucy is now marked and yep. is immediately attacked by the Grim Reaper. Oh yeah. Um, uh, do we want to get into like what an interesting scene that a ghost attack in a small space can oh, be? Yeah, it's like it's like a shark attack. I feel like good shark movies don't show the shark until it's about to grab someone, mm-hmm. and like it feels like this is like the shot lingering on like the tiny dinghy or on top of the surfboard or something, and then there's just a shimmer of movement through one of the walls or through the floor or through the ceiling or through one of the yeah. beds or something like that, and then yeah, uh, it's there to get you. Except um, Cyrus and Stuart are there to get it. So <laughs> yeah, so there's this 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 ghost fight sequence that is mostly yep. n- unseen because they are just <laughs> going back and forth between walls in this really tiny uh, jail mm-hmm. cell, um, which is and. Uh, and only Frank can see what's going on, and so yeah. Lucy has no idea. Um, and unfortunately, Stewart, uh, Stewart mm. gets Stewart. Unfortunately, gets reaped here. Um, yeah. So now that's Stewart gone, but uh, yeah. Frank manages. Oh, Frank uh, tells Lucy to call for the guard to let let her out mm. uh and that's how they make their escape um only to uh be cut off uh unexpectedly by danvers uh yep. and and one of my favorite um I, I i love this uh lucy runs to him and is like oh my god thank you so much you've saved me he's gone crazy <laughs> only for her to immediately blast him with a fire extinguisher yes. with yeah. um i love his yelping flailing <laughs> crying screams yeah 
Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> only, like, only, uh, only for Frank to then kick him and have his gun <laughs> mysteriously magically pop into the air yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a video game, like it flew out of the yeah. video game character. Uh, look, didn't, didn't you know there's a point on a man where you can kick him and anything in his hand mysteriously flies five feet into the air? <laughs> um, yeah. They get away and go to uh, the hospital where Lucy works, actually, I think. Uh, yes, uh, because uh, Frank realizes that he can't fight the Grim Reaper because he's alive. So he's going to he's going to go super permanent with his plan to stop him by shooting yeah. himself in the head. Yeah, um, a real um, Persona Three moment. For a yeah, second. <laughs> right. Uh, and Lucy, being a doctor, is like, no, no, no. I we don't need to put a hole in you. We just need to pop you full of drugs and shove you in a freezer so <laughs> that you can you can ghost fight for like. 15 minutes. minutes yeah there yeah. we go and and then i can bring you back to life theoretically uh, the, yeah theoretically. Ex- extremely theoretically um and 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 he and she does and frank goes to confront uh the grim reaper um yeah. but dave what happens uh what happens after frank leaves uh, well, he leaves, and then our our good buddy um, Dahmer shows up and decides to permanently, or I guess, uh, let um, Frank expire, uh, and he mm. sort of kidnaps um, Lucy. Yeah, and it's it's really weird. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure he just takes her away right to the graveyard is. to um, wait yeah. out uh, like twenty four hours and. Um, mm. I mean, because he's under the the impression, of course, that um, Frank is uh, the mass murderer, mm. right? You know, and uh, and of course, uh, because uh, because Lucy's in the car, the Grim Reaper is after her. So mm. we get this kind of interesting fight sequence where Frank knocks the Grim Reaper off of the car. They have this kind of like little weird wacky fight in the middle of the road mm. where they get hit by cars um that ultimately culminates in uh in all of the characters ending up in the graveyard that is protected by our Lee Emery um uh, who, who who is immediately cut in half by the grim reaper um yeah. And uh, Dahmer's has this uh, has the has his super weird like yeah uh, his bizarre moment where you're like oh okay you're you're not just weird you're like actually like super crazy and messed up because um, mm. he once again which is a theme with this character rips open <laughs> his shirt and has all this ritual scarring uh, he yeah. thinks that he has. Uh, powers um and and it's actually really interesting the thing that i get from from this sequence is is less that Dahmer's uh uh doesn't like frank because he's a killer but 
that because he mm. really believes that Frank has psychic powers, that he's actually kind of jealous of him. Did that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it comes off as. And uh, Dahmer's. I mean, he's he's crazy, but it's not. I don't think it's from his own doing. It's just his job no. did it right. to him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Yes. It's 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 weird because Dahmer's really feels like a Lovecraft character, which is ironic yeah. because Jeffrey Combs yeah. really yes. feels like a love like a Lovecraft character that got like transported to this wacky kind of ghost yeah. comedy horror well, thriller. I, it's on purpose. Uh, Peter Jackson yeah. they, they hired him because of his work in Reanimator, right? Yeah. So they just wanted him to do more of that, and he did, and it's great. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, it's fantastic. So, um, you get this really uh, this action sequence where Lucy's fighting Dahmer, uh, Frank's fighting the Grim Reaper all around the car by using ghostly miniguns, and um, yeah, and it's it's just like oh okay, like these the there are these two fight sequences taking place in the same space but yeah, are not yeah. interacting with each other. And I mm. kind of dig that um, yeah, on yeah. a conceptual level because it's really interesting to like mm. to actually watch that unfold where Lucy's like running around the car and over the hood and Dahmer's chasing mm. after her and Frank's firing mini guns at the Grim Reaper. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and literally blows the Grim Reaper apart. Yeah. Like there's um, ectoplasm everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, Lucy gets away uh, to go yeah. back and wake Frank up, and yeah. Frank finally confronts the Grim Reaper and asks who who he is, while repeatedly yeah. beating his uh, disembodied face against Once sarcophagus. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Until finally, it's revealed that uh, it's Johnny Bartlett. Yep, our very own. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah. yeah, I have questions about this. Uh, my biggest question is, mm. um, uh, it, so the Grim Reaper aspect of this, yeah, it yeah. really feels like. Johnny escaped from wherever afterlife place he was and mm. actually stole the Grim Reaper's scythe and allows him to transform into the Grim Reaper or a manifestation yeah. of it. Yeah. Um because otherwise why what does it matter because no one since no one can see you why dress up pretend to be the Grim Reaper? Mm. It could be like um, a self-confidence thing, you know. Right, right. <laughs> yes, because he I, is. I, I am strong and powerful. Yes, and he's cloak. He well, and he's 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 obsessed with this with this kill count. So mm. it could be this yeah, weird man- manifestation of how he well, sees himself. But well, one of the things you know, it's giving him some sort of powers. I mean, he has abilities yeah. that other go- other ghosts are landbound. There's not; they can't really do anything other than walk through walls that a person can can mm. do. They're not they're, right. anywhere they're, near as fast as him or anything. Yeah, yeah. He can fly, it's, sort of. I mean, he yeah. like leaps and flies around from roof to roof and can catch up to cars. And the ghosts have to travel mm. in vehicles to get anywhere. 
like faster, right. faster than like they could actually t- take themselves. <laughs> so it's it's mm. whatever it is is imparting him with something. Yeah, with that I grim. Like, I like that energy. idea. Yeah, I like that idea that he's like somehow come back from hell or punishment or whatever, and has stolen some aspect of like this cultural traditional thing. And yeah. like, it makes sense because it's been a long time since he died and he's only come back in the last five or six years. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, additionally, he's, like, he's, um, he's not only, he only does it like once or twice, but he's not just killing the people. When he kills a ghost, um, he can mm. take something from them, some sort of yeah. energy. He takes it and swallows it. So yeah. I don't know if that's like, it, it doesn't, you know, it's not, um, we have to kind of just infer that maybe that's what's giving him extra ghost powers. Yeah, maybe. Just absorbing yeah. the powers of other ghosts. It's ghosty ghost world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they could have, I wish they had <laughs> delved into it a little bit more, and it's, it's enough that I kind of want to track down the book again and um, give mm. it a skim mm. through it. See if they've got any better explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, uh, Frank manages to wrest the scythe, and th- this is another interesting thing, because Johnny escapes into the catacombs below the graveyard, and it's kind of like this weird, gelatinous, like, goopy mass, and mm. Frank rips the scythe out of him. Yeah. And is yeah. about to kill him with it, and it's not until Frank rips the scythe out of him that Johnny reverts to being Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I think there really is something with that stole something from hell idea, because, like, it seems to be the scythe in that case. That Um, seems to be, like, the important bit. Yeah. And uh, Frank's about to deliver the finishing blow, but, oh, no! (laughs) Lucy brought him back to life at the worst possible moment. Gotta love Uh, the paper later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it really confused me. I was like, I thought the playback had messed up a little because it's like he's about to swing it down and then it, there's like a little flash and then he's mm-hmm. about to swing it down again. There's a little flash. And I'm like, is is my video looped? Is something wrong? <laughs> and then it's like he wakes up and I'm like, oh, that's what they were going for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Frank's in no condition to do anything because he's suffering nope. from severe hypothermia and, you know, yep. it's been dead. Uh, and he tells Lucy to go get Patricia because Lucy's yeah. still super concerned about Patricia. And Frank tells her, tells her that Johnny Bartlett's back. And she's like, oh, I've got to save this poor, innocent, sad woman who's had this tragic <laughs> life. And then proceeds to go to Patricia's house only for it to be revealed that Patricia's been working with Johnny Ghost this entire time. Hmm. You thought it wasn't the accomplice to the initial mass murder. How foolish of you. <laughs> um, and so... Oh, oh, I do want to go back to one thing because this, this mm. actually comes into play at the, at the climax of the film. But when Frank's uh, uh, driving down Holloway with Magda, he mm. has this flashback sequence of the day that his wife died yeah and um it's it's not it's it's never really explained during the sequence but it's actually less of a flashback and more of him um basically picking up the psychic energy of the moment 
So mm-hmm. it's a, a a manifestation of the past that he ex- he's viewing that's overlaid yeah. over the present. So he's experiencing it the past in in this place that mm-hmm. is current. I that it's yeah. really hard to explain, but it's mm-hmm. it's 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 mm-hmm. it's it's something that's that comes into play uh right about now because when Lucy goes in to say Patricia, uh she is attacked by crazy Patricia and Johnny's ghost. Um yeah. because surprise, surprise, they've been working together. Um, Patricia tries to stab her with a giant butcher knife at first. Um, I love how quickly Patricia goes into crazy mode in this movie because she's she's you know she's she's been kind of like this weird shell shocked, um, uh, obviously traumatized older woman the entire yeah. time, and like yeah. the minute that Johnny's like. Oh yeah, just just you, you hey baby, just just kill her. She turns into a a <laughs> murderous pit bull lady. Yeah. Um uh you discover that Patricia has killed her mother. Um yeah. I'm surprised it took this long. Um <laughs> Frank, uh having recovered from his bout of death, comes in to save her. Um, um uh, and discovers that surprise, surprise, the urn are, the urn does not contain Patricia's father's ashes, but Johnny's. Yep, keeping him here. Uh, uh, just in time for Patricia to have commandeered her mother's shotgun and blow a hole through the door uh, yep. that of the room that she was locked in. And so. Um, Patricia's father was like the director of the hospital, I believe she mm. said. So her house is actually, and they never actually explain it before now, but I, I assume that the house was actually on the whole old hospital's property, which would mm. make sense if you were the acting director of a hospital at that time. Uh, yeah. So Frank and Lucy uh, run to the hospital because they need to get the ashes to consecrated ground because yeah. that's the way that they can banish uh, Johnny's evil spirit um, while being pursued by Patricia. Um, and this is where we get into the sequence that I I most fondly remember from from mm. the movie because there is so much traumatic psychic energy in this hospital that Frank literally is transported to the day that the massacre happens mm. um, and is completely blind to everything else that's happening into reality and kind of shifts in and out of ha- experiencing the past moment and then being drawn back into the present. Yeah, yeah. Did uh, did any of you, either of you, have uh, thoughts on this sequence? Because I, I really, I really like it. Yeah, it's good, and this is also the part that was probably hard to actually watch, right? Um, mm-hmm. Just, just in, in, in light of um, current events, um, uh, I liked what they were going for, and um, as I said, in you know, back in the old nineteen ninety six, this would have just been another, you know 
don't bat an eyelash and it's just a movie yeah um right it's a little it was a little bit more poignant these days um but the overall effect of it uh, is really interesting because um he's utterly like discombobulated uh his his body is physically in the present reality but you know like we said he's mentally cast back to like the 1960s and is trying to function there but knowing he's being chased in like the actual (laughs) reality but can't see any of it so um i don't know i I think that that's a really cool move that they decided to to do and still provide backstory without actually doing exposition Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah yeah it sort of all blends together really well overall i would say yeah and and this is what um completely confirms that um patricia uh wasn't only just like an she wasn't like an accomplice to the murder specifically she was the one running around carving the kills mm. into people's heads right yeah yes because they had they had gotten she she was institutionalized as an as an accessory after the fact her mother says uh, mm. and it's proven that she was like nope she was actually super involved and super down with this massacre um oh yeah and uh and now it's all all come back to the beginning also mm. uh Dahmer shows up again um <laughs> so you have uh the wow this movie actually has three antagonists i didn't actually yeah. think about it until just now mm. so you've got um so Char- charles is actually trapped in his urn because reasons that's never clearly explained how he's just now trapped in the urn um he can only be out for a limited amount of time i think is what it is yeah Uh, that that makes sense so he's trapped in the urn they're trying to get him to consecrated ground Dahmer's and patricia are after him uh frank's having a really rough time dealing with reality um and it all ultimately culminates with Frank finding the chapel. Oh, and this is, I actually uh, really uh, like this as well. So when Frank's in one of the f- flashbacks, uh, there's a group of nuns that ask the doctor where the chapel is. And the doctor mm-hmm. tells the nuns where the chapel is. And that's how Frank knows where to go, which I thought yeah. was also yeah. a really clever like okay we don't have to hunt for it we get we get told in this weird mm. flashback yeah um uh frank's made it to the chapel it's all boarded up he puts Stern on a bench he breaks the <laughs> he breaks the chapel door down there's the per- permanent god teleporter uh which apparently just yep churches and chapels just have a a direct beam that's always open to heaven yep um yep. <laughs> he he knocks over a pillar with the statue of the virgin mary onto the bench <laughs> it uh yep. rube goldberg's its way into flying and is caught by dammers yep who there goes that on who then proceeds to open who then proceeds to spell out exactly what frank needed to do and then open the urn and empty out the ashes. Yep. Yep. He's so helpful. <laughs> well, it's not even what he needed to do. He's specifically calling out like the plot line. 
He's like, yeah. yeah. So you're saying that if I open this, you know, urn, it releases the great evil, and um, you're trying to get it to con- you're trying to get it to the the holy ground to to cleanse it. That's right. And then he just opens it. Mm. And he's like, oops. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Frank says, "You are such an asshole." And he says, "Yes, I am an yes, asshole. I am an asshole. <laughs> an asshole with an Uzi." And proceeds to shoot yeah. Frank in the arm with. And yeah. Uzi. <laughs> and somehow it's only a flesh wound and didn't, you know, only like, a flesh wound. <laughs> didn't tear off his arm. No only such a thing flesh. as a brachial artery. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, causing Frank to stumble into the adjacent hallway uh, just in time for Patricia to uh, come from the other direction, but Damage doesn't want to finish Frank with his back turned to him, because he has some honor. He won't shoot a man in the back. Uh, So um, Frank turns around and then lets himself fall through, what is it, four stories? Oh, yeah, it is a long way down. So the the building is super dilapidated, and there's a hole in the floor. He he sees that and uses that as a... He thinks he's not going to fall down one floor, but (laughs) the the, the wood is not um, stable, Mm, and he just keeps going. And Patricia then proceeds to blow Danvers' head off. Leaving, leaving a ghost head, his ghost head, um, which is the end of that character. Or is it? Or yeah, or yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or is it? And uh, uh, Lucy's been stuck in an elevator uh, because uh, she thought that it was a really good idea to get into an elevator in a building that I am shocked even had enough power to power it for as long as it did. Um, uh, But uh, they inevitably all meet up on the ground floor. Patricia, Charles, Frank, Lucy. uh, And they murder Frank. Uh, Patricia chokes Frank to death with the barrel of the shotgun. Mm. Yep. And he dies. And then they have a conversation about how they're going to kill Lucy. Because mm. that bone saw just won't do it. It's not dramatic nope. enough. It needs nope. to be a pickaxe. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and then Frank's ghost uh, grabs Patricia which leads into the oh wait they can just interact with people yeah, uh, yeah grabs pa- grabs patricia and then uses the heaven tractor beam to rip her soul out of her body yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and fly to heaven with johnny giving chase mm-hmm. um you know, I had, you know, I, it's, it's such a weird way to take the climax, but yeah, I had enjoyed yeah. so much of this movie before that I, that it doesn't bother me that it doesn't make any sense. It's just a, 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 a yeah. it's a weird set piece and it doesn't right. make any sense, but how, like, how, I can't think of a better way for them to have done it mm, yeah i mean you could say like sort of like a long reach but 
I mean, Frank did, as a ghost, already pick up Death Scythe, which, as far as we can tell, appears to give people, well, I should say ghosts, the ability to, like, interact with living souls. Right. So maybe he's still got just a tiny bit of juice left from that, because he didn't really do too much with that before, but that's, like, the most far-reaching explanation <laughs> possible, I think. Uh, so, uh, Frank, Patricia, and Charles are flying towards heaven. And uh, uh, Charles manages to uh, wrestle Patricia away from Frank. Frank makes it to heaven. And they are very smug in their victory, assuming that they're (laughs) going to go back down to Earth and and keep on killing people. Only for the heavenly tunnel to turn into a horrible flesh tunnel with horrible flesh worms that... Burrow into their ghosts and and tie it up. And yes, and reveal <laughs> that it is in fact a giant worm, and that is how you go to hell. It just yeah. apparently it is a double purpose tunnel. Either... <laughs> You're either it's either the um the god beam or it's the legend of the overfiend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And uh and they go to hell. Uh Frank is reunited with uh, with his buddies. Um, yeah, Cyrus and Stu are back. Yep. Uh, Cyrus uh, got to change out of his clothes. Important yep, character and, development. Yes. The only, <laughs> and, 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 and got his cigar. Yeah, he wanted his yeah, stogie. He wanted, he, yes. Um, and also, uh, Deborah, uh, Frank's wife, mm. uh, appears and says, live. And that's Be about happy. it. Yes, live, be happy. That's about it. Um, I'm not actually a character. I'm just a plot device. Bye! And (laughs) uh, returns him to life. Uh, Cut to some indeterminate time later. Uh, Frank is finally having his unfinished house uh, demolished. As he and Lucy watch from while having a picnic, which seems really yeah. weird. Um, yeah, it's a little odd. <laughs> uh, so they're a couple because they had an extremely traumatic event. So, and that's what yeah. all relationships are based on in oh, cinema. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the sheriff shows up and says, "Hey, Patricia had a bunch of Ouija boards in in her house." <laughs> She's been talking to her ghost boyfriend for five years. Do you want to write a book about it? And Frank's like, yeah, no. But hey, how about you uh, You uh, talk to your guardian angel about it and points to the, points yeah. to the police cruiser. Yeah. Uh, the sheriff thinks that he's joking and says his farewells, drives off, and uh, as he pulls away, there's Dahmer in the back of the car yep. giving him yep. the death stare. Uh, <laughs> and surprise, surprise, Lucy then replies, man, that Dahmer's looks pissed. Because <laughs> now Lucy can see ghosts too. Yep. It's those, it's those traumatic events, they really just alter your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Don't Fear the Reaper, because, of Don't course. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, what else are you going to... By a, by a New Zealand cover band. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and that's The Frighteners. It's a 
weird, interesting comedy, horror, thriller, mystery. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. It's a, it's 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 a movie that I'm glad exists. It's it's mm. it's I I don't think I don't think a movie like it could be made today. Like no studio would ever take a chance on making oh, a no. movie that's so weird. Mm. And, they would, but it's not going to get a theatrical release. It's going to go direct to video. Oh, no. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's where all the good stuff is these days. Or just straight um, to Netflix. You know, it's a Netflix yeah, original. Right. Isn't oh, it? yes. Oh. The Frighteners. Actually, yeah. I could, I could see that up there with all the other good Netflix stuff. Um, But I hadn't seen... Oh, so I hadn't seen The Frighteners in 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 about two decades. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Um, man, I still really love this movie. I think I I still have a lot of fun with this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff with it that hasn't aged well, or uh, viewed through a current day lens is really kind of problematic and kind of hard to watch. But it's it's a fascinating film that is entertaining if you're willing to suspend your uh, suspension of disbelief more than just a little. Um, And, and I appreciate that. um, Like the ghosts aren't really the focus, but you kind of get a, a, a feel of the rules for them. uh, Even when things don't make sense. Um, It, nothing's really explained and that's fine because that allows you to just, Accept anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the one um, issue that it brings up is, um, especially with the, the ghosts that are being confined to the cemetery and confined to their crypts. Um, they're all like, there's everyone's has their full faculties, um, mm. and it, it becomes you know really clear when uh, was it Ray, um, her uh, Lucy's husband, yeah. when he's at his own funeral and falls into the casket and sees his body and he thinks he's going to be trapped in the grave. Um, mm-hmm. the, all the ghosts that are forced to stay in their thing, they're they're literally just underground in a coffin, sitting there for like who who knows how long, years and right. years and years. And that's guys, just go into the church or have another ghost like do you in because yeah. that's not a, <laughs> yeah. that's not a great afterlife. Actually, that's really bad. It's worse than yeah. purgatory, I think. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I, re- I reckon what's actually is going on is that if they show their faces above ground, of course. Lee's gonna yell at them. Uh, so what they do is they go into the coffins and they just kind of shuffle like a few feet to either side and have a chat with their neighbor for a bit, and then they shuffle to the other side, chat with a different neighbor, and there's just this big ghost Chinese whispers going on through the entire. Yeah. Or, or there's just like the the Matrix underground uh, orgy <laughs> party going on. Oh god! <laughs> They're all sweaty together I mean, with uh, Dahmers. <laughs> The, uh, the the judge did say, "What is it? There's like a cheeky little brave waiting for him up in the cemetery or something." Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah he does. He does get it on with the mummy. Oh god! And that part was it a jolts. little. That the part was a little. It, <laughs> like it may have been funny then. I didn't. I thought. I found it was rather yeah. like crude. Like it was actually, weird. was uncomfortable. Like what? It's mm. strange, but okay. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a very old timer. Um, yeah. 
it it, yeah. it 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 is it is very in keeping with Peter Jackson pre Lord of the Rings. Peter yeah, no, Jackson. I mean this mm. this movie feels like an extension of um, uh, Brain Dead. Uh, yes, or, oh, yeah. or Bad Taste. Um, I wish he'd been given maybe a little bit more rain uh, mm. uh, than I think either the budget allowed or the script um which is weird because it's his own script so you know i i guess for what it's worth he he did the thing he wanted to do with this Mm. um i would like to see the director's cut and see what the additional like 12 minutes uh were about yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah i think as far as the the ghosts are concerned we i think we mind what this movie had to offer with that (laughs) yeah yes they're basically like the Frank gives an explanation like fairly early on. It's like you're basically just a cloud of ectoplasmic gases that vaguely remembers how to be a person or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that's his, that like, ectoplasm can like run out or dry up, as in the case of the judge. Mm. He's mentioning that his ectoplasms yeah. run dry, and that's why he's uh, degrading as much as he is. And we even mm. see that with Ray um, when he's. He's dead. Oh, yeah. Uh, recently dead, he looks fine, but then even just like a day or two later, um, he's starting to fall apart. Right. Yeah. Well, because he's running everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's also worth mentioning that this 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 entire move, the entire plot of this movie takes place over like three or four days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's been like six years and the Grim Reaper ghost has killed like 30 people and then over the course of the three days he does like another 10 people in. There's like no wonder the <laughs> FBI is getting involved at this yeah. point. Well, and, and then another part though I think we skipped was um, the people are dying of heart attacks but when they're doing the autopsies the hearts are perfectly healthy. Right. Well, so they're, like they're, they're there's instead of like yeah. You know, well, it's it's their their um their arteries are clean. I think that's what it was. Yeah. That there's no yeah. uh, there's no other signs of things that would lead to a heart attack. Um, right. There was something else I was going to oh. Uh, because the film was uh, Peter Jackson filmed all this in, in uh, New Zealand, um, mm-hmm. so it's on location in New Zealand, and they're using miniatures um, to approximate a rural Mid America. Uh, mm. What this movie feels like is a, a sort of a companion piece to maybe like The Burbs. I would like to watch that in conjunction if you're going to watch this. Oh I yeah, I think those will, yeah. You'll, you'll get the similar vibe. Um, and yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, this is produced by um, uh, Zemeckis, so. Uh, mm. it, that's also why Michael J. Fox is in it. I mean, it's, it's the director right. <laughs> from Back to the Future. Um, but it, it gives you that kind of um, timeless America feel uh, while still looking nothing like nothing in anywhere at, uh, in actual <laughs> America. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's the frighteners it's a movie that has some current day problems but i think we can all agree is worth a watch if you're down with weird weird ghost flicks and a movie that we still like and cameron's a newcomer to it and apparently thoroughly enjoyed it It yeah i mean yeah, just just watch it for Jeffrey Combs. It's it's worth it for his performance. So yeah, so great. Uh, Maybe we'll have to put a Reanimator on the docket or From Beyond oh, or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll just do a Jeffrey Combs month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an idea. See if we can get him on. No, uh, <laughs> oh, that I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could do a podcast in the glow the sparkling glow of Jeffrey Combs. 
All right. Uh, so, um, this is where we transition into the end of the show, I believe. Yeah. It sounds like admin so. time. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, what uh, uh, admin admins do we admin? Well, um, we need to know where all of us are located at on the internet. Thank you. Dave, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at sentinot underscore plus. Uh, as always, it'll be in the notes because it's harder to spell than I guess I thought when I came up with that uh, <laughs> handle. But um, yeah, that's that's primarily it. Uh, I also run another podcast uh, with my co-host Vader Van Oden. Um, that's Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast. If you like some kung fu movies, we talk about those. Yeah, yeah. And Cameron, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, I am also a hosting on another podcast uh, with our very absent at the moment co-host, Matt. Uh, we do a show called Realm and Ruin together. Uh, it's a sort of Warhammer 40k Age of Sigma podcast. So if you're into that, all that tabletop stuff, uh, come check us out. We're at Realm and Ruin on Twitter. You can find us on iTunes and Fireside. Um, also, just before I forget... Uh, shout out to the wonderful Jake Lionheart and Nikki as well at Lost Panda on Twitter because it's their birthdays today. So good for them. They made happy birthday. Mm. And, and Leonard, where can we find you? Oh my! Well, you can find me on Twitter at Doctor Faust is dead. You can also find me on YouTube at uh, YouTube uh, slash Doctor Faust is dead. Because mm. I finally managed to get my custom yeah. URL. Yay. Um, uh, I do, uh, my YouTube is based mainly around uh, video game narrative analysis videos. Uh, where I talk about things like uh, Alan Wake and how mm. it's really awful to live in a novel where you uh, destroy everyone's agency. Or things, or other games like Inside, where I basically tell everybody that there's actually no narrative and that the entire game's uh, mm. uh, an experiment. Things like yeah. that, because I'm super bright and cheery and want everyone to have an existential crisis all the time. <laughs> Do we have uh, any announcements, anything to let the listeners know about? You can stay tuned. Uh, next episode will be our we'll do our official um, anniversary episode. Uh, we should all theoretically be on the episode, and we'll be returning to Pacific Rim. Nice. There's this, there's a new one. I've heard. There's a new one, a part two. After all this time. After all okay. this time. <laughs> this uh, yes. Pacific Rim: The Shape of Water. Wait, no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very different film and it's got a much higher rating (laughs) (laughs) well i do believe that that's going to do it for this episode of monster dear monster it's time to say goodbye everyone bye bye (laughs) bye bye